passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to Rewind to Raw. I am John Pollock along with Wei Ting here in the post office late on a Monday night. Wei, how are things? Yeah. It's been a uh, it's been a very awful day in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. So uh, I personally am not all that uh, upbeat today. This was one that really, um, it, was, it was just a, a horrendous day uh, for anyone that was not pay, paying attention to the news um, this was, you know, I, I can't think of anything that has ever happened in the city close to this. I mean, does anything come to mind uh, for you? I mean, this, for those that are not aware, there was a van attack uh, right around the intersection of Young and Finch, which is a pretty big intersection in North York, right by Finch subway station. And this is really close to where I grew up. So I'm very familiar with this whole area, the intersection that you're probably seeing on all the news. I worked right there across the street from Mel Lastman Square, and at the last count, I believe 10 people had died. Others had been injured as well. It just sounded horrific from all the descriptions um, that were shared by those that unfortunately witnessed this. And it's, I mean, there's no making sense of something like this. Mm-mm. It's uh, its just when it happens essentially in your backyard, and I'm so familiar with that area. I know so many people that live around there. Uh, it's just, it's frightening. I'm watching the news and I'm looking at the corner and, and the exact spot where I would lock my bike up every day, every time I would, I would go to work. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, man, it was a very depressing day, um, to mm-hmm. watch this and it's awful wherever it happens, but especially when it's, it's somewhere close to where you live. Oh yeah. It just feels much more real and it makes you wonder, uh, you know, I mean, it could have been, could have been us. Honestly, I, d- I drove like, to Young and Finch on Saturday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just, uh, I'm going, you know, ten I'm, innocent people that mm-hmm. were just caring about their day, um, mm-hmm. and are struck by a madman that's dr- driving a van uh, that you can't co- possibly understand what could possibly. And I don't think it's worth even trying. No. There are going to be crazy people everywhere. Uh, it's yeah, it's incredibly sad, and we don't even know who the victims are um and that's almost a little haunting you know what i mean yeah to think about that because uh i don't know what degrees of separation there might be between us and and maybe any of the victims so you know all that stuff is just really kind of uh really disheartening but it's like you know what do you do in situations like these you know there there's there are going to be insane people like no matter what, and I think uh, I I I'm at no like liberty to like make any type of like you know moral ju- uh, statement about it all. I don't have enough life experience to be able to comprehend something like this and, and be able to say something on a podcast that might make people feel better. But uh, I just you know I there are crazy people 
of, of all walks of life, uh, no matter what. So just, uh, I don't know. I hope people are, are, are dealing with it in, in, in their own ways. And I hope, uh, everybody that we might know, uh, is safe. Yeah. And, this. you know, I want to thank the people that listened, uh, that just reached out to you and I, uh, mm-hmm. even on Monday, I heard from a lot of people just checking in that, that I was safe, that I wasn't mm-hmm. part of this. I heard from many people on Monday. I'm sure you did as well. I mean, you just hear an attack happening in Toronto. You instantly think, who do I know that is from that city? And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, probably everyone in the city went through similar process. Uh, just, you know, fearing for the worst of someone they may know, um, that could have been affected by this. So, uh, we we start off on that note. This is always the uh, the difficult part to move on from something serious like that to uh, pro wrestling. Um, but I know you had a chance to watch the uh, the Bruno San Martino documentary, and I have not had a chance to see it yet. I just saw the tail end of it when I got here. Um, but you were telling me that this sounds like it was just a tremendous piece that they put together on him. It really, it was excellent. Like when they announced that they were putting this out, I figured oh, okay maybe they just took some remaining footage that they had from i don't know where what sources they would have had and pieced together maybe like a nice little featurette this was not that this felt like a full-fledged uh you know 45 minute long feature that you would see included on the dvd in fact i'm willing to bet that's what they originally created this for they went out and they basically chronicled the entire career and uh, for, you know much of bruno san martino's life uh, and it featured interviews from people like Roddy Piper, Ivan Koloff, Stan Hansen, Vince, of course, Triple H. Um, and, and it just felt incredibly comprehensive. And for me, it was like, it was really cool to see um, Bruno, in his own words, tell so many of the stories that I think I had read about and everybody has, has heard about uh, throughout the years, but especially over the past week. Not only that, but to see the footage the actual matches of of him, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, beating Buddy Rogers for the title, of him losing the belt, of him uh, regaining the belt or getting his neck injured, um, just tons of incredible footage. Uh, it's all interspliced and kind of built around his 2013 Hall of Fame induction. So throughout the course of telling his chronological story, which features some like incredibly emotional moments of him talking about like uh his mother mm-hmm. uh, and and um you know uh fleeing the nazis in the mountains uh in in particular one scene where bruno talks about how eventually he, two german soldiers did find him and his family and in fact um wind up his siblings uh in a row with their mother all getting ready to be shot wow and he talks about how his mother, like, uh, the, her main goal was to just calm all the children down and to tell them, you know, everything's okay. Uh, we'll all be in heaven soon. Like, uh, just like, wow, like, I've never heard him to- tell that story. Shit. And just, um, and then eventually, I guess, like, two allied or some allied soldiers managed to, like, I'm getting emotional just even like talking about it now, but it's, it, this documentary is incredible and it features some incredible footage of him, like, in present day some incredible footage of him in the past uh well worth the watch wow well that that sounds fantastic i i always wish that they had just gone ahead with that because i would i like i've always just been so fascinated with not just this man's career but i just have 
even in just with all the coverage that you've read about this person, like I just have so much respect for this individual. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that there were several projects you could do with a Bruno. Like there were years ago, they put together a, a, a DVD I think he even aired on Spike and it was getting all of Muhammad Ali's opponents together mm -hmm. and just going through his opponents. And I thought there was a great story of like just the the major drawing opponents for Bruno San Martino and having that footage and going through kind of why these programs worked and how the, how well they did. And Bruno kind of narrating you through mm -hmm. and you'd have access to so many guys like Hanson. They got to interview Koloff before yep. he passed away that like that could have been its own kind of, you know, the great Bruno San Martino feuds of yeah. his history. There's and so many of them. I mean, it didn't necessarily focus on the feuds, but I would say this one does probably as good of a job as, as anything that's out there Yeah, in terms of being a comprehensive 45 to an hour look at this man's career in life. Were you saying that the, the Pittsburgh, what was it? KDKA, the local station yeah, in Pittsburgh. I've heard people talk about, uh, and in fact, uh, somebody from uh, Twitter just recently tweeted me about. Because uh, I think someone with the station had said they had filmed their own documentary, yeah. and in a timely fashion, after this uh, recent passing, they were going to release it. So, so this uh, Twitter uh, listener says, uh, produced in 2006, there's a two and a half hour documentary. Uh, it originally aired in 2016 by KTKA in Pittsburgh. So um, if I see a link to that, I will retweet it out. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm glad you got to uh, got yeah, to, to watch yeah. that. I uh, imagine you'll see it sometime. Yeah, later. absolutely. I definitely uh, will probably watch that tomorrow. Um, so we, we will get into Raw. Um, I also just wanted to make mention off the top, uh, Matoko Baba passed away. We have a story up on the website as well. Um, incredibly influential figure uh specifically to all japan pro wrestling um so you can go uh, read about her she actually died earlier this month she had been suffering from liver disease uh since last summer and had just passed away but the news didn't come out until the last couple of days mm -hmm. uh she was 78 years old um you know was aligned with her husband giant baba right from when all japan launched in 1972 and then um, after Baba died in 99, she continued forward and Mitsuharu Masawa took over as president. And those two just it were oil and water together. And it took uh, about a year before Masawa left all Japan and, of course, famously formed NOAA. And Baba still taking, taking the roster. Yeah, the left, you know, with the exception of, you know, Kawada was left and Masafuchi, Dr. Death still worked there, but it was pretty much left bare. It was, they had to make inroads with Tenru, who had left all Japan when SWS formed, make alliances with New Japan just to keep things going. And she did uh, before Muto was brought in in 2002. And then ultimately she sold her shares uh, to Mudo, but her story is up there on the website, but want to make mention of that. I, I think two very historically significant figures passing away uh, this month in April and Bruno San Martino had a major allegiance to Giant Baba as well mm. for with All Japan. Mm. Uh, so let's get into Raw from Monday night, St. Louis, Missouri for the 13th, 13th hundredth, 13th hundredth episode mm -hmm. of Raw. 1300th, yes. So that means we've watched 300 episodes of three-hour Raws. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know this was the same arena where Raw 1000 took place? I did not know that. Where I they moved to three hours permanently. Wow. So what a... Okay. 300 episodes. You know, like, I, if you told me, like, 50 episodes in to this three-hour era that we've seen 30, 50 of these three-hour episodes, I would have said, wow. 
now with the numbers at 300 and I'm still like, I'm still kind of shocked, uh, but not anymore shocked, you know, like it was only over the last year that I think I've really got used to three hour raws where yeah. I'm just, I'm aware of what I'm doing every Monday night and I'm not going to complain about it. I know how long three hours is. My body has taken, it, it took about 250 episodes to get ready for this feeling. Let's maybe be thankful that we aren't in the era of four hour raws, which I mean, I don't know. Someday it could be a possibility. We'll look back at the three hour era and say, wow, what don't, that was really the perfect amount of time. You know what I watched on the weekend with my wife? We watched the Truman show. Oh, uh-huh. great movie. It's a very great, it's a great movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it more now than when I watched it when it first came out 20 years ago. Uh, and I just watched this and I was thinking like, there will be a 24 hour show one day. It's already here. Like I it's feel. pretty much like what we have right now is like this, you're well, fixated on Twitter and it's just the, the next step of like just following but, people. I know. But which, I mean, like the real world and like no off switch. Right. But the real world and even Big Brother are things that are already kind of essentially the Truman Show. You can, Big Brother had a thing where you can watch like the housemates 24 7. But I mean, that's that's with them knowing about it. I guess the Truman Show was a bit t- uh, different because the, the subject didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could if you could pull that one off. I feel like ethic, how could you shield someone ethically, from ethically? That's that's really wrong. Well, that's the whole story of the Truman Show, mm-hmm. and then he finally escapes. Yeah. Anyway, a great film. So anyway, I hope we don't get the twenty four hour Raws. That's all I was trying to say. We're about to watch a five hour show, uh, not even a month after a seven hour show. So. Uh. Did you, you caught the time, right? When it starts? 11 a.m. The special start time of noon Eastern, which was mentioned only 500 times on this show. That's not including the kickoff. No, they weren't plugging the kickoff. Yeah. Uh, we had a 10 bell salute off the top for Bruno San Martino with the locker room out in front wearing Bruno San Martino t-shirts. And then they went into a really nice tribute video uh, for Bruno San Martino interviewing Vince McMahon Sr. And Mm -hmm. uh, a great collage of all the different magazine covers uh, he was on. Uh, Daryl San Martino, who you said he's featured in the documentary. He's the only son that is interviewed. Bold. Yeah, Daryl. Obviously, David was not going to be interviewed, uh, but they also have... There was a third son there, too, but it looks like just the one was interviewed. Um, And if there's, again, something to... Again, that has my utmost respect uh, that's a part of the WWE, and that's their video department. And that's, you know, whoever is in charge of that. I mean, it all comes down from Vince, so it, it really... The video department of the WWE, their production, never fails to deliver. In situations like these. Oh, I'm sure the last week was chaotic for them. On top of the regular duties of just the video packages you watch on Raw that you just take for granted. And the hours that go into some of these video packages. And this week, we need a documentary ready for Monday night. Yeah, I I would love to know how much of that documentary was produced prior to this week. Um, They, As far as like new footage goes, I mean, there's a tail image of like MSG with uh, like uh, paying tribute to, yes. to Bruno, Bruno, but beyond that, I don't know how much new stuff might have been in there. Yeah, so maybe. I'm very curious to know how much was done before its release here. This week, Jonathan Coachman is on assignment. He's out researching uh, the bar and other questions that he may have. <laughs> and Booker T is back, which they did stand on the broadcast for one week only. Mm-hmm. Well, so. we shall see. I don't know how long uh, his last tenure was supposed to last because wasn't Otunga only supposed to be gone temporarily as well? Yeah, Booker T is that uh, that classic, uh, don't go on vacation. 
pretty much. Yeah. yeah the. Uh, well, I mean, we kid, but I could. I thought I liked Booker more here. Like this show made me miss Booker because he was better than Coach. And I'm not saying Booker is good, but he's certainly better than Coach. And can you really justifiably go back to a guy who doesn't even know who the bar, what the bar means after Booker T was way way more up on WWE storylines? Oh, absolutely. He trained Ember Moon. Who was coach trained? Well, that they, they certainly uh, lucked into that that connection yeah. on this show. But uh, it's, the bar, I'll tell you what the definition is. It's, it's a low one that these two are fighting over. Yeah, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out as they go to a commercial break, come back. Heyman and Lesnar are getting booed fairly significantly here by this crowd. Heyman asks if people think he's here to gloat or say we told you so. They talk about ending Taker's streak, Cena going to Suplex City. He doesn't make predictions, he makes spoilers. And Lesnar doesn't gloat, but Heyman can do it all night long. Goes over the elbow strikes to Roman's head at WrestleMania. The fans cheered this. Lesnar doesn't look to the past, only to the future. And he craves being in a UFC fight, but he will fly to Saudi Arabia for the chance to be locked in a cage with Roman Reigns. And they legitimately cut to four fans chanting Roman at ringside. There were four people there chanting were, his name. There were four people audibly chanting Roman and the camera quickly goes to make sure that we get them on video. Like it was so comedic. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose it was enough to make you give you the sense that the support for Roman was probably bigger tonight than, you know, in most weeks, I would say. Did you find it to be? I kind of found it to be. I mean, when he did come out, it sounded very mixed, but it wasn't as, mm, I guess, one-sided as maybe other towns. Heyman said that Reigns is going to come back in multiple pieces as a former WWE star. And Roman finally interrupts this, comes down, just exchanges words with Lesnar, and says he's coming home with the title. You can believe that. And he leaves, and that was all. That was our final build-up for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on Friday at a special start time of noon Eastern time, 9 Pacific. Yes, thank you very much. Do well, you feel that Roman is winning this match? Because I'm not sold on that at all. I'm not sold either. I'm not sold either. Um, this I, feud feels very flat to me after WrestleMania. I am not dying to see this match, and yeah. I I don't know. I, I could very well see Brock retaining this on Friday. Me too. I think whether Roman has the belt or not, let's say he does win the belt, and Vince gets his big coronating moment of, of Roman holding the belt above a defeated Brock Lesnar in front of a sold-out stadium crowd. He's going to come back home, and the reaction will be the same. He'll still get booed. He'll still get... They're in Montreal next oh week. Oh my God, they're going to destroy They're going to crucify this man. Uh, yeah, I would say having him lose might actually... Ah, they'll still boo him even if he loses. Either way, he's going to get booed unless you drastically change his character, and that's not happening. I mean, I watch this show, and I see the reaction for a guy like Braun Strowman, and I feel like somebody like him is the true successor to, to a Brock Lesnar. Uh, throughout the night, they showed various tweets from wrestlers and sports personalities. I mean, we had Dan Marino, Shane McMahon, the Pittsburgh Steelers issued a statement. I think the Penguins put out a statement, the mayor of Pittsburgh. I mean... Bruno Mars, of course. Bruno Mars. I mean, this was a real cultural figure that they mm -hmm. conveyed on this particular show. Mm -hmm. One of the, the better, more healthy uses of Twitter, I would say, in uh, with uh, social media integration on, on the program. Yes. Elias was in the ring, immediately interrupted by Bobby Roode, and Michael Cole is plugging the greatest Royal Rumble, and then Corey Graves talked about how great it is if you're on the West Coast you can wake up and start your day at 9 a.m. with this show. Oh, boy. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> 
They traded chops. Yeah, well, if you're in Japan, even better. Or oh, I guess, hey, I guess I'm it, really it, happy for our listeners in the UK that yeah. always have to stay up to these ungodly hours, mm-hmm. and they get a normal show that's going to start at 5 o'clock their time. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. All shows should be from Saudi Arabia. Uh, well, um, you'd have to eliminate some divisions then, I guess. Yeah, true. Um, did you see the? they announced a kickoff panel? It will be an all-male kickoff panel hosted really? by Byron Saxton. Oh, so Renee's not even allowed to do that? She's not going. There, There is no female representation on this show. Yeah, uh, so we're about five days away. Is there anything you want to say about that? Like, It, it really is kind of... I, I'm very like, conflicted by this show. Yeah. I, I really feel that it's... Um, Has it like, been? I, it's not possible for me to just watch this show with my head in the sand and not look at the the fact of what they're doing here versus you know it's just it's the situation of what it is mm-hmm. and i i'm all for not i don't know we, we can get into a bigger it, discussion it, on it, this it, no it's a big topic for sure yeah it, I don't my personal thought. like thoughts on all of this is that i i am fine to a point of honoring people's religions and not trying to uh, necessarily force your norms onto other people respecting a, a prayer hour uh, mm-hmm. understandable you know even when they went to uh, Dubai and the women to work with the culture they wore different outfits and it was done in a tasteful manner I can respect that but when it comes to just discrimination that's what this is that's a line too far for me I don't care what your religion is and I, I think that when you you know, Finn Balor wasn't wearing his LGBT shirt tonight. I'm pretty sure he won't be wearing that on Friday either. Yeah. And it's, listen, that's fine. You can, you are making so much money on this show, but there is a cost when it comes to your social image mm-hmm. amongst your worldwide audience, who I think are completely justified in criticizing this fact. And listen, it was it brought up by many people. It's like, what is your acceptable amount of discrimination because i think we'd be having a lot deeper of a conversation if this were race restrictions absolutely yes okay there wouldn't be any question and i don't see gender discrimination as a a lesser version of discrimination that's what's Mm -hmm. happening here these women are not making anything beyond their downside this weekend they're not working house shows like what a weird dynamic backstage tonight where all the men are getting ready for this overseas trip Mm -hmm. and the women have to go home because they're not welcome. It is very strange. I think the whole thing is just an incredible like scope into the. Uh, it's it's a great test at, uh, of the WWE's um, ethics, and I think if you follow the company, you maybe could understand that you know your your expectations and hopes are, probably aren't that high anyway. But in recent years, they've really championed themselves as this ethically forward thinking company. And some, a week like this, uh, with a restriction like that, that goes so un- understated by the company, I think really it, it creates cause for criticism. And I think that's that's what fans, that's what you and I, journalists, have to start to speak up on a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I feel we have here talked about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more we can say, but listen, I'm... I understand people that say you can't expect the WWE to change the, the way a country is run. Understood. But as you are entering this business relationship, you are being complicit in in what is happening here. Yes. So there is there is blame that is going to come your way here. 
There, yeah. There's no I, way around that. I don't you even... are in. You are this Friday. Yeah. You are whether you want to or not. You're endorsing this. Yeah. For me, I don't even care if it's a company if they if they choose to 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 uh, do this, but don't on the next week come in or the month prior try to promote your your women's you know uh, uh, whatever month. Uh, whatever whatever history month, whatever campaign you have uh, during that that particular month, when you're also doing things like this the very next month. Yeah, it's it's hard to promote. This is hope when you are also perfectly fine. Have they released any type of corporate statement about this? They issued a statement to some uh, reporters that had contacted them, just stating that there will be no um, female performers on this show referring people to Vision 2030. And that was it. Like, this has not been... They are not going to respond in any meaningful way to this mm-hmm. unless there is pressure from any sponsors, which there don't appear to be any. This is a sold show to the government of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. or if shareholders bring this up. Um, which, and none apparently have. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think it's incumbent on people that are covering this day to day to be talking about this. This is a politicized show on mm-hmm. Friday. This is very much being um, this is a political show. So mm-hmm. I don't think you can just simply uh, ignore why they are doing this and the concessions they are making. And believe me, I am sure there are many people in the WWE that are troubled by this, mm-hmm. that do have an ethical dilemma, performers on this show. Um, but at the end of the day, this company is going in and they are providing a a different product than the one that they market worldwide and messages that they send to their audience. Hmm. Elias versus Bobby Roode. Uh, Elias blocked a glorious DDT. Elias sent him to the floor with a clothesline. And Graves confirms that Shane McMahon will be in the 50-man Royal Rumble match on Friday. And Blockbuster was hit to Elias. He rolled to the floor. Elias then takes Roode by the arm yanks him into the ropes face first and rolls him up for the pin in 11-16. Kind of just outsmarted Bobby Roode and beat him. Yeah, some very casual announcement of uh, Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio coming back and being a part of this battle royal as well. I didn't, uh, even, I didn't even catch that during yeah. this match, so very casual mention. I mean, if you're, a guy, if you're guys like those who seem quite calculated and careful about their returns, I guess Jericho less so... Um, are you how do you, how do you think they might feel something like this do, is this something that's beneficial for their career no doubt they pro- they're probably getting paid a, a pretty penny to be appearing on this show but uh, for your stock value you know does this do you think this is of any concern to them i think they're just viewing it uh, for ray i think his long term game is a return and with jericho uh, i think he's i think jericho's playing an interesting game right now where i think it's it's kind of give and take with the company uh, mm-hmm. as you said i think he's not under contract to this company so mm-hmm. i'm sure he's he's making a nice payday to go do this and just you're doing a show in front of potentially 55 60 thousand people i i don't think he's viewing it as any kind of um hmm. you know it's the work a stadium show for a nice payday um have you heard chris jericho's comments recently about new japan he's very much playing up the fact that he believes they're just at a standstill uh money wise it was fun while it lasted but doesn't know if they'll work together again and i mean i heard him my opinion doesn't change at all like this is chris jericho probably using the world to his as a leverage system i think i think chris jericho is a very very smart person when it comes to 
this guy doesn't say things by mistake. Mm -hmm. And I think one of his biggest influences over this past year has been Conor McGregor. And what does Conor McGregor do to enhance his value? He he is at odds and believes his value to be above even what the company's is. So Jericho, just by stating that, listen, I drew all this money, so it's going to take a lot to bring me back. He has now artificially already increased his value. The day he shows up at New Japan, the perception is they paid what this guy wanted. He's mm-hmm. such a star. And I would say for any other promotion... I would be kind of more on the fence that eh, maybe he's not coming back. But Gato doing an angle like that, I can't. I, I have a hard time believing Gato would do a closing angle like that at New Year's Dash with one of his major stars in Tetsuya Naito when they didn't have a return date set up. So if Dominion comes and Cal Palace comes and there's no Chris Jericho, maybe he isn't coming back. But I'm with you. I feel that he's being very calculating. And it's going to be maximum impact when he does show up. And I think he's just throwing it out there that, listen, I, I command a lot now that I've, I've established myself as this big draw. I got a fucking boat, everybody. <laughs> I can do anything. I think Maybe I'll th- take the boat to Saudi Arabia. Won't even fly. This match, sorry. Bobby Roode versus... Uh, I thought our conversation was more Elias. enlightening than this match. <laughs> I thought the match was mechanically fine. But I think Bobby Roode as a character right now still kind of bores me. His offense, I feel, is just quite generic. The character is still very one-dimensional. Uh, but hopefully with all these you know, transitions from SmackDown to Raw, they offer new opportunities to, to change and to uh, int- reintroduce yourself to an audience. We didn't necessarily get it here, but this could be the start. But isn't it interesting how last week, the closing 10-man tag, the big reveal was Bobby Roode. He was mm-hmm. that last entrant. And we were saying how Bobby Lashley was kind of an afterthought. This week, Bobby Roode's on Elias' duty. And Lashley, to me, was presented much stronger on this show. He felt sure. like they priority well above Bobby Roode. Well, Lashley, I guess, kind of received that spot the week prior, right? He wasn't the surprise the week prior. Last week, uh, for whatever reason, they felt Bobby Roode. Let's be honest. Bobby Roode wasn't the big surprise last week. It was Bobby Roode's music that was the big surprise last week. That really is the star of, of this act right now because Bobby Roode himself I don't think right now he's obviously incredibly talented but he hasn't shown it yet on the main roster you know the the song though is is great which I mean could have been Shinsuke's and you know a couple I hope they only write songs for Shinsuke then if this is the quality that they turn out between this and I want Shinsuke's new theme to be some crazy like Japanese experimental punk song that comes oh. out and it's just like screams or something yeah. and the shags oh doing his uh his theme it'd be wonderful yeah. matt hardy cut a promo he has spoken to the oracle and they will procure the raw tag titles the lights dim bray walks in there is a lot of blocking that comes with this particular uh a tag there's team. a lot of blocking that comes with all of all of these entrances well they they have the lights uh dim as Bray talks about the darkness and without darkness, there can be no light. The lights go out and together they will cast a shadow that will engulf all living things. And they laugh uproariously. And then in unison, tell the camera run. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this run with the two doing the whole light versus dark thing. I mean, I even like the promos more when the two of them are together. Somehow their con (laughs) their contrast uh, makes both characters rambling far more coherent. It's improved Bray's promos, in my opinion, and I think it makes Matt even a bit more interesting as well. 
Uh, they mentioned Dwayne Johnson and his girlfriend, Lauren, having a daughter together. Uh, Tiana Gia. And Corey asked, why is The Rock lying there with no shirt on? I mean, Corey Graves has children. It's, he should yeah. be aware of the necessary skin-to-skin contact that you should be having with your baby when they are born. This is very important for the baby to have a stable temperature, to have a stable heart rate. Uh, so all future fathers out there, mothers and fathers, oh. skin-to-skin contact is very important. Uh, in the first couple of weeks... It's not just the immediate hours after the birth. Interesting. So I didn't know this. I, I hope Corey Graves was being sarcastic here. I mean, this is something, this is an important thing. Hmm. Thank you for not only your research in professional wrestling, but now you're educating the world about. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying, I'm trying to let well. everybody Thank know. You. you should be taking notes on me. Yeah. Booker was asked what he thought about Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. And his response was, it's weird, man. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt took on the Ascension. Corey the Graves. deleter of worlds. The deleter of worlds. Yes, is, that, is this their official need name? To say this every single week, John. Oh, That's what they said. Yeah. Corey noted how the Ascension used to run roughshod in NXT, but they haven't had the same level of success up here, and compares it to a AAA player not succeeding at the major league level, which is a was a very kind packaging of words by Pretty Corey Graves. Sure. Um, anyway, Bray was t- uh, tagged in. Matt hit a Uranagi to Victor. The Twist of Fate was blocked after Connor attacked him from behind. They sister Abigailed Connor, and then they did their finish where it's like the wheelbarrow into the Twist of Fate and Bray pinned Victor in four minutes. Feels like a lot that uh, Bray and Matt will um, return from Saudi Arabia as the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I think they are. What a... makes you say that? <laughs> the fact that one team isn't even on the show anymore? Pretty much, yes. What a. What a strange... Like, we had some really promising tag teams on this show, and none of them to me are in the in the finals. Uh, it, was this a tournament? No, it well, it was a it was a tournament for one spot. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt had to win matches to get in. The bar was just gifted to okay. stay on their rematch clause. Right. Well, uh, I, I mean, I'll say if if the assumption is that Bray and Matt will become the new champions, I think they are a solid team to build your new tag division around. Um, they certainly have the crowd's favor. Um, in ring, they seem to get by, although like. Again, I'm getting increasingly concerned about Matt and, in particular, his knees. Like, I don't know how... The guy always has has had kind of weird knees, but I don't know. Lately, it just feels like it's a bit tougher to watch. Then we had the first installment of the Sammy and Kevin show with their own set inside the ring uh, with some photos, and they had a desk to sit down at with microphones. Something different. I like the... The visual difference from just your random talking segment. It's like a podcast. Yeah, it kind of was. Um, they even joked about this could be the longest running sports entertainment. They they had like the qualifier that Michael Cole always uses. They're here to fill the void that The Miz left. And then they ask why it's called the Greatest Royal Rumble. It's not because of there being seven title matches or Lana giving Rusev permission to have a casket match. It's because they are going to show how great they are. They then started singing You Suck to prepare them for Kurt Angle's theme as he came out. They pulled out a lawn chair for Kurt Angle, which he willingly sat down in. Yeah. Would Steve Austin have done that? Oh, we're way far past that game when it comes to Kurt Angle. <laughs> this guy. He tell he is asked about their singing, and Kurt tells them not to quit their day jobs. Which made me wonder, are they going to be a bit around for the Greatest Royal Rumble if they've got day jobs? Wow. Well. 
Owen says that Angle's manhood is held in a jar by Stephanie back in Stanford and talked about the toxic work environment they had over at SmackDown. And Owens took matters into his own head against Vince McMahon. And Stephanie either really likes them or really hates Kurt to have brought them here. And Kurt mentions, well, if it weren't for me, Stephanie would have Ronda under her thumb and still have use of her arm. And they debate how many kids Kurt has. Owens and Zayn are arguing over how many it is. But then Owens points out, you forgot Jason Jordan. Like Kurt forgot about him all these years. And Angle notes they are both going to be in the Royal Rumble. And so will Daniel Bryan. So will Chris Jericho. So all the all the greatest hits for Zayn and, and Owens. And then they make a match tonight with Owens and Zayn against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. My new favorite tag team. Your new favorite tag team. Wow. Uh, I thought Sammy and Kevin were very entertaining here. I'm glad to see that they're able to continue their their heel team. Do you know how popular this talk show will be next week? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I want them to have Pat LaProd on next week. Uh, he'll be there. He should won't be he in be the call- segment. Won't he be? Oh, he calls He calls Raw. Yeah, you have the voice of Raw. Yeah. Who should be like uh, extra in the segment. I doubt he would be in the segment. Talk uh, about Andre the Giant. <laughs> Anyway, but you know, I'm I'm trying to gauge what what Raw has in store for somebody like a Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and it seems to me like they're kind of being positioned exactly where the Miz was, kind of in your mid card, upper mid card heel tier, not strong enough to to defeat guys like a Braun Strowman or or even pose a threat to those people, but somebody who's who's kind of at an IC title level is my assumption. Um, Could you see these two having a bit of a tag run together? Or do you see them being divorced from the tag division? I mean, I, yeah, absolutely I can. Yeah. Uh, them against like Bray and, and Matt Hardy, I think could be pretty solid. Uh, I think... It could yeah. be a nice detour for them. If you don't yeah. have anything going on singles-wise... Yeah. You can do anything with the, with this team. What I feel, though, is that Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre are going to cancel these out yes. as your, your, your heel unit that's replacing the bar for on the, the show. T- for the time being, yeah. But, you know, the the advantage of Raw, I'd say, is for a segment like this, like a talking segment, it gives them a bit more time yep. to, 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 to do things. This like segment's this. a great addition for these two. It will enhance their, their, great, their, their great talkers. presence on the show. Yeah, they're great talkers. Let them talk. And on, they don't uh, have to do meaningless matches every week mm-hmm. if you got something like this. And, like, in some ways, with the, with the amount of depth of talent on SmackDown, it almost feels like Raw is kind of, like, the better place to get noticed, you know? It's the, uh, it's the AAA league now. Rise. Yeah, well, that's where the Ascension is now, right? So I guess it would be... I don't follow baseball, but is there, like, any distinction between the American and the National League in terms of, like, which one gets you noticed more? Uh, no, Probably unless you're not. a pitcher. Or you're, like, that guy Otani now that can do both. Pitch and, right. and bat. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, anyway, that's Thanks. that's the extent of my baseball knowledge. <laughs> uh, then we... Seth Rollins met with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. And they announced that they have redesigned, rebuilt, and reclaimed. And now it's time to burn it down. Which, begrudgingly, this catchphrase is getting over. I I like it. And they reveal Seth Rollins' t-shirts. And they suggest that they could all be the new shield together with the architect. And they wanted to fist. But Rollins responded with a hard no. You gotta watch out who you fist with. Yeah. You can't just go around... Letting everybody fist. Because he could get a hard no. Then we had a recap of Drew McIntyre's appearance last week, helping out Dolph. And Titus Worldwide is out. And uh, also, uh, we mentioned all the returns from uh, from injury and sabbaticals. 
Uh, we didn't mention that uh, Apollo's been on the show, but Cruz returned uh, huh. recently as well. So he's back to being a full name. Yes. Apollo Cruz is back. Yes. I guess the the name was okayed. Yeah, I wonder what facilitated the change. Apollo and Titus took on Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Graves updates us on the differences between Drew from the last time he was in the WWE. He said, that was 10 years ago. It's a completely different human being. Sure. Has he, he he's has cells. Has he resurrected yeah. in the this life form? They say your cells regenerate like once every several years. So okay. We're all kind of different. He was people. cryogenically frozen when he left the company. Yeah. He was largely frozen from memory because when you leave, you just, uh, you don't exist in that company in Orlando. You just kind of uh, permeate in the, in the Earth's core and then you return when mm-hmm. you're necessary to be brought back. There was a standing moonsault by Cruz, Alabama slam combination, and then they did their finish, which is a Claymore kick into the zigzag, and they won in 208. Charlie interviewed them. Dolph says Drew is dangerous. Drew confirmed. He's right. I am dangerous. <laughs> Me and Way have had this conversation many times to strangers. Uh, <laughs> he called the locker room soft and sees no fire or ambition. And people are collecting checks and it makes him sick. He says, this is what a superstar looks like. This is how a superstar speaks. The times are changing. I am not what the WWE wants. I would disagree. I think if we're going through all the all the boxes, I think Vince McMahon is just uh, you know staring at this guy like he was Stacy Keebler. And Dolph says they don't care about stealing the show because this is the show. So they are the show. This made me think of the uh, the video game, the MLB, huh? the show. <laughs> That's. Uh, my my baseball knowledge doesn't go that far. No, I'm Sorry. done. I'm I'm totally hitting the uh, the empty. Um, uh, what did you think of this promo? Hey, I like this. I mean, I, I get a sense that you probably liked Lashley and Bobby, maybe, or sorry, Lashley and, and Braun, maybe. More no, I, I thought it. Drew was good here. I I like this Ziggler and, and Drew McIntyre team. In two short weeks, I feel like they've they've managed to convince me these are two guys who can not only go in the ring, um, they managed to maybe put some thought into some tag team maneuvers, which I can always appreciate. I really like the Claymore into the zigzag. I think it almost works works perfectly. Uh, But you have two guys here who can cut promos really well. I thought, I mean, Ziggler, you know, I think... You know what? What more can be said about him? But but I think Drew is still um, not not overexposed yet, and I think the combination of the two ref- certainly refreshes up Ziggler a little bit. Um, I think it's a good dynamic that the two have. Like I said, kind of like a Diesel and Sean. But imagine if Diesel can wrestle better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like it. The day Dolph finds an inside voice, he'll <laughs> he'll have you know a promo I'll want to listen to. Yeah. A Drew. I give this guy six months before he's uh, leaving golf and off sure. on his own as a single. I, I mean, certainly, I'm I, sure they have high hopes for this guy. Yeah, I certainly feel like that is sort of the long-term project. Much like, you know, D- D- Diesel was Vince's project outside of Sean. I'm curious stuff. if they were debating, like, Cass and Drew, like, visually, they look so similar right. that I wonder if they were debating... Flipping those two, if sure. uh, Drew would have got Daniel Bryan and Cass could have been in this role potentially. I imagine they 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 see Cass more as a singles, like they they don't want him to go back to the tag team thing. Whereas uh, Drew, I think 
I don't know what they think of him. I, I mean, think Drew'd be fine on his own. Oh, certainly. I think this helps Dolph. But somewhat, I wonder but. what what the you know like in Drew McIntyre and in Bobby Lashley. I think we have two very interesting cases of guys who have had their runs prior in the company and are making their second trip. former Impact champions. Former Impact champions coming back to the company. How does a Vince McMahon treat you know two guys who had their runs and are now coming back? I mean, in the case of like Bobby Lashley, he he kind of left. Still as a main eventer, but not Drew McIntyre. You know, is 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 the the image of Drew McIntyre in Vince McMahon's eyes lessened, uh, or is it higher now? Now that he's come back, is Vince aware of, of this independent run that Drew McIntyre had? I, I'm sure Vince was not following anything he did outside of the company, but I think he just looks at this guy. He's someone that's vastly improved from when he was cut in 2014. Uh, I would say they're probably pretty high on Drew mm. and Lashley. Um, I. I I just feel as you look at things with, with Roman Reigns, they want to build up heels on this show. And it's why I think that we'll we'll Drew, I think Lashley, even though they're kind of teasing him more as a baby face right now, and even Jinder. Like, I think they're they're trying to get, like, these monster heels across on Raw. I feel like we would have said the same thing about somebody like a Bully Ray, you know? And and maybe even, you know, to an extent, somebody like a, like on the opposite end, uh like a man hardy or jeff hardy and i guess jeff hardy is is still kind of being positioned into that slot but somebody like a bully ray they didn't see more than a tag team mid-card wrestler i think though that when you are going through the the vince mcmahon observation mm-hmm. of of what he sees i think drew mcintyre and bobby lashley scream at him and mm-hmm. uh, a bully ray does not um kurt angle is watching dolph and drew exit from his office when Chad Gable walked in and thanked him for bringing him to Raw. He's not going to waste this opportunity and he asks how Jason Jordan's doing. And he's good. He's he's improving. Do we know if uh, he's not cleared yet? Is he? Not yet. No. Um, but I think he'll be back sooner than later. I don't think it's going to be too long before he's back. Do you know if this is like the first on-screen meeting between Kurt Angle and Chad Gable? Uh, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, they were on separate shows this whole last mm-hmm. year. Um. There, there was a bit of a striking resemblance, didn't you think? I mean, for a future story here? We'll see if they follow up on that. I don't know. They won't. That's such a... The whole thing is almost kind of... Like, we've all kind of grown to accept that he is Kurt Angle's son now. Gable says how... Um, uh, I lost my notes here. With sorry, Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal. Oh, Come sorry. On. So we had... We had uh, Gable is told, you're not going to be teaming with Jason Jordan. So Jinder Mahal walks in. And Mahal complains about having to defend his title against Jeff Hardy, wasn't prepared for the match. He's going to re- regain the title on Friday and insists that he be sent back to SmackDown Live, which I would imagine a lot of the Raw talent wants to go over to SmackDown now. Angle says, that's not happening. I got an A-plus on my trades last week. <laughs> Gable tells Jinder to show some respect. And Jinder calls him a little boy and confuses him with Nicholas, which was very funny. And says he's it's past his bedtime. And then he got his laugh line out. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I thought Mini-Me just died. And I thought this joke died. I thought this was pretty tasteless. Very you got your laugh in. Uh, this is a shitty joke to make. Two years, two days. Well, two days a, after a guy dies. On a show dies. where they've shown so much respect to somebody who passed over the last week, they, they go ahead and, you know, uh, go for the cheap laugh on the other. And, and Vern Troyer was... A, a, a they guest? put a story up on the site about him. Yeah. He, he was a guest host at yeah. one point. So, uh, very interesting. I just thought, very 
classless joke. I thought you got your laugh in. Like you had your one line. The thing is, if this was the WWE of like 15 years ago, we probably wouldn't bat an eye. But they hold themselves to a higher standard now, and and so should we. Uh, They heard a SmackDown ad plugging Miz TV, uh, and the tweet heard round the world from Daniel Bryan about punching him in the face. Did you know this tweet was heard all around the world? I didn't know you could hear tweets. You can, yeah. Oh. When a, a tweet is that loud, hmm. you hear it. Jinder Mahal versus Chad Gable. What a clash of styles this was. As Cole is describing Chad Gable, it became apparent right at the beginning that the new defining characteristic for Chad Gable is his height. He is short. And Michael Cole was talking about his 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 strengths despite his... <laughs> Diminutive size. Uh, I mean, on Raw, though, look at the giants he has to face. Well. Like, it's it's probably more apparent than it is on SmackDown. This was, um, this started as, I felt like the preview of the Jinder Mahal matches we will be in store for. That go through commercial breaks. It was just him beating down on Gable. Gable made his comeback. Uh, hit a kapu kick to, to Mahal and then attacked the leg hit a dragon screw, leg kicks, and then Gable was dropped neck first on the top, flying knee by Jinder, the Colossus blocked, and then Gable kicks off of the turnbuckle and rolls up on top of him, much like uh, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, or mm-hmm. Bret Hart, Steve Austin, and pins Jinder in 844. Yeah. So week one for Chad Gable, they gave him a victory, and... Yeah. We'll see where he is in two months. Oh, but you're at very least, pessimistic I'm very, about this. I am very <laughs> pessimistic about Chad Gable's fortunes. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. Storyline-wise, this was a very strong win for Chad Gable. Hard for me to think of a stronger one he's had uh, on the main roster, as a single star at least. Uh, I thought the match was made to, to serve as a reintroduction to Chad Gable, kind of establishing him as this undersized underdog with great technique and heart. Um, I feel like a feud between Gable and Jinder is a good first feud to reestablish both characters. Um, and it's a great indicator of, of maybe how serious they are right now of a Gable push. He has to come out in, in the end, though. You know what I mean? Jinder? No. Gable. No, Gable, yes. As what? Uh, like, he has to win this feud. Oh, I don't know about that. With Jinder? Yeah. I don't know, man. Why, I, I, why, I give Chad Gable two weeks, two two months, God, and he's on two hundred five live. Why do this if you're just gonna have Jinder beat him again? Afterwards? Because this was, I've seen this in so many feuds that they have done, where it's just this was like your little carrot that you've given for Chad Gable as an idea that hey, this was your Evan Bourne getting the getting the fluke win, and six weeks later it means nothing. Hmm. Hey, if it's, we'll if, see. If six weeks from now. Chad Gable is up and running, and he's a solid mid-card babyface. Hey, I'll say I, I misjudged this mm-hmm. one. But I will say that uh, in six weeks, two months from now, I think Jinder Mahal will be slotted significantly above Chad Gable. But hey, I would love to be wrong on that one. Renee is backstage, and welcome in the Riot Squad. And Ruby referred to Bailey and Sasha as frenemies, which is replacing freaking in my wrestling vocabulary. And... They wanted to send a message to the locker room last week. They're here to disrupt. Logan hunted animals, and she saw easy prey last week. I miss her uh, hunting puns <laughs> and her hunting anecdotes from Sarah Logan. It just seems so out of place out of, with the other two. What what unites these? I things? think all three are just 
in de- like what I could see I could see Ruby... I could not picture Ruby and Liv Morgan having a conversation that is not in front of a camera. I mean, I can, I can. But Sarah Logan coming in with her like hunting anecdotes and uh, wolf puns, it's it's a little bit more of a weird, uh, huh? What did she say? Type of feeling. They said that um, they are like a te- a can of tear gas together. Yeah, because they riot. <laughs> I got it. I got it. They are this also is terrible. Like especially when you're recapping it. Oh my god. It's like it's like Vince McMahon watched like a hostage situation, and he got all these ideas, like yeah. the Shield, yeah. the Riot Squad, we tear will, gas. We will do our best to live. It's the crisis negotiator. They are equal opportunity agitators, messy and unpleasant, just how we like it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't too impressed with these three on SmackDown, uh, on Raw, at least in this, re- uh, you know, uh, big interview with Renee. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think of the three. I mean, I think Ruby still really needs to work on feeling like a believable threat with her delivery. It still feels really forced and very scripted. Like, she really seems to me like somebody who's who would be a far more effective babyface. Um, and I see potential with almost, like, all of them. But I think... Morgan, right now, it feels like they have no no leeway. The the group, I don't think, is, is necessarily connecting. I mean, they haven't been booked a whole lot strong either. Um, I think... I- yeah. I don't know why it's these three I single out, but it's like everyone comes out and does like their trademark entrance, but it's the three of them. And like, they have like these, their individual walks and then yeah. their individual poses on the ropes. And it's just these three, when they come out, it's just like, these are just like mannequins with batteries. That's what I'm watching That's, during these entrances. It's all of them. I know, but it's like, these. It's it, it's because it's, it's the three of them together. Is Nakamura any different? Is is you know Triple H any different? Yeah, but I can watch an individual doing it. But it's like I'm watching an assembly line <laughs> with these three. Well, you got to make sure the camera catches you at the right angle. They promoted Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe for Backlash. Backlash is just going to be the most thrown together show next Monday. Yeah, they're trying their best to promote both at the same time. But, uh, I, I think Backlash, they're realizing it's just throwaway. Yeah, I mean, you're really sacrificing a lot a lot of those rematches for, for this Rumble. Like so. We've got Reigns and Joe. Mm-hmm. We've got The Miz and Rollins that they set up. And what was the other match that they've set up? They, Dude, they, they set up a third. Uh, me, Alexa and Nia, they announced. Let tonight. me get through Friday first before even thinking about that. Well, and then the following weekend's Backlash. So you, you got one week to build that one. It's a very cold show. Um Samojo did a selfie promo. He is worried he won't have an opponent at Backlash. He believes Lesnar will conquer Roman Reigns and bury him in the sands of the Arabian Desert. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's the stipulation for the match, wow! Forget the cage. Should be the Rusev Taker match. Don't you think? Oh, if that happened, yeah. an Arabian Desert match. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, the Dead Sea um, boat match. No, <laughs> I don't know. Dallas and Axel are backstage. They're speaking to someone off camera. It's Finn Balor. And they suggest replacing Anderson and Gallows, who have left him, as the Baxel Club. And they have his shirts on. Balor turns them down. Yep. This was a segment. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Uh, My match of the year. Owens and Zayn, they rolled to the floor early on, just avoiding Braun. And... Lashley finally got a hold of Owens, just killed him with a neckbreaker and spinebuster. 
Here comes the somewhat zany Sammy Zane, said Michael Cole. Zany Sammy Zane. They got the advantage on Lashley. I thought it was kind of jarring when his headband came off. I'm not used to watching this man wrestle without a headband. I'm oh, so really? used to it now. It's, it's like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was. Owens pulled down the rope and Lashley crashed to the floor and took a senton. They returned. Lashley landed this huge belly-to-belly to Sami Zayn. Crowd was pretty hot for this. And they were just cutting the ring off with Lashley, pulling him away just at the last second. And the crowd so wanted Braun to get tagged in. Owens, uh, at a later point, yanked Braun off the apron. And the man is fuming at this. Lashley finally knocks Owens off the apron, takes down Zayn, place explodes for the hot tag. Running shoulder tackles to Kevin Owens on the floor, which were well-timed and Owens sold well. And then he hit a running drop kick to Kevin Owens. Lashley chases Zane up the ramp, brings him back. And I just thought this crowd was so hot for this. Mm-hmm. And this goes to the point we always bring about. This was happening in the third hour where this audience had seen just as much wrestling as the 205 Live crowd sees as well. It's not about the matches. It's not about the time of the show. It's just stars. And these were stars to people, and they were so hot for this match. Uh, Delayed vertical by Lashley to Zayn, and then the Braun Power Slam to Sami Zayn, 12.03. I thought this was great. I really enjoyed Lashley and Braun together, and then Owens and Zayn played a great heel act. And here we had the monstrous baby faces. Like, this was such a weird mix with the undersized heels. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. I'm trying to think why it worked. I think you just have a really popular character in Braun mm-hmm. that I think it works really well to build the hot tag to. And Lashley's great. He was great in this, doing his power spots, but also selling and... It just worked. Like the audience was really into this. I think building it around Braun's hot tag. It worked last week with the ten man tag. It worked here. Um, yeah, Braun is a, like so well liked. I would almost say at this point universally by by all of their audiences. Um, far bigger reaction for Braun than Brock Lesnar here, which is why I feel like if Roman doesn't win, I really do see Braun as the true successor for Brock Lesnar and probably the guy that you should put the belt on. Um, Lashley, I, I think, how do you feel about putting him in a team with, first of all, do you think this is a permanent thing or at least something that'll go on? No, because I think that they're only going to put so many bodies into their tag division that they are, they are not going to overload it with teams. I think that these two, they may pair together in the future because this came off so well, but I don't think they will view them as low enough for the tag titles. No, I agree. Absolutely. Do you think Lashley here was in a good position uh, as a supporting character, essentially, for Braun Strowman in their act. Um, I mean, Braun was certainly the star of the match. Yeah. Um, I, I took this as, th- this could also be a feud for Lashley, to feud with Braun. Potentially. Um, down the road. Yeah. Uh, ha- have them team for a month or two, mm-hmm. and then you you could do that split. Because uh, Braun does need someone. If you are not putting him up into that title mix, mm-hmm. he does need someone. And yeah. I think Lashley's a better heel than he is a babyface. I agree. Lashley, though, three weeks in now, I I still feel like he hasn't really had a proper chance to reintroduce himself to the audience. Mm -hmm. The man hasn't had any mic time, to my knowledge, uh, to to show, I guess, his improvement in that aspect. Um, I feel like they're still basing a lot of his, uh, I guess, uh, current push on the fact that we already know who he is and the fact that he just looks like a very impressive physical. And he left for 10 years and had a respectable MMA record. Well, he... um, yeah, ten years. Yeah. yeah, he regenerated. Yeah, yeah, he was out in the uh, the solar system. Mm-hmm. 
They they gave us fair warning that Baron Corbin would be in action next. No way Jose came out with his conga line. Baron came out and he's paranoid. He assumes that the conga line is a setup for five or six of these guys to jump him, which these were not the most intimidating members in this conga line. Although Braun Strowman was once a rosebud. That's true. You don't know what diamond in the rough could be occupying the, uh, the conga line, the rosebuds, uh, Baron is here to wear win titles. Jose is not on his level. And as long as he's around with those freaks, no way, Jose. Yes, yes, thank you. He also worked in man a lot to end his sentences. So Jose just resumes the conga line, goes up and everyone goes to the back, except for no way Jose turns his back to the the backstage area and Baron just took his head off, murdered this poor guy and Booker just immediately... I like this guy. And Jose was sent into the LED screen and took a chokeslam backbreaker. Yeah. Thus far, I mean, the the No Way Jose thing is, is I mean, is really just Adam Rose verbatim. Like, uh, I guess the the Caribbean version. Uh, I think, I thought Corbin's promo was weak. Um, man. Man. Uh I was I was waiting for him to just say O'Doyle rules because he really just does remind me of one of those guys. Like he's as int- intimidating as any of those guys. Um, Jose, I don't know, dude. Baron Corbin versus No Way Jose. Welcome like, to Raw. <laughs> Jesus, is that anything that I would I would skip that on NXT? I wouldn't I wouldn't sit through this. The only way I think I could become a fan of No Way Jose is if this all turns into like a setup for some swerve. And no way Jose turns into this like dark, menacing Caribbean drug lord. <laughs> and instead of Conga, he's responsible for delivering other types of lines. Oh man, a, a contraband line. Yeah, or any other lines. <laughs> That's the only. I way. love this. That's I love the, this. That is the only way uh, I think I could become a fan of this. No way, Jose. Uh, because this current incarnation just like it seems so over the top like I mean it's been done and it's failed in the past so I I love to know what their long term game is with No Way Jose. I love this idea. I I think drug dealer Jose. Yeah. And maybe Corbin's in on the take. Oh. Yeah. Or Corbin could be the narcos. Oh, that could be even better. Yeah. He could totally play a narc. Sure. I think so. Do you know did you ever see the movie Narc with Ray Liotta? Mm-mm. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but it was the craziest experience I've ever had in a movie. I'm watching it with my two friends, Ed and Eric, and we're watching this movie, and he's, Ray Liotta is playing this this narc, and I can't go over the plot of the movie because I can't remember it. I can only remember this one scene, and he's skimming through these records, and he finds one record, and it's uh, November 23rd, the date. And one of us just made a joke. I'm like, hey, it's Eric's birthday. And then he skims through and he finds the next record and it says September 2nd. And it's my friend Ed's birthday. What the fuck? And those are the two dates like he finds. And that's the only reason I remember this movie. But we were both like, this is crazy. Wow. They did not pull out my birthday. But it's like the two people I'm with, their birthdays. That is scary. Is that nuts? Yeah. So that makes me feel uncomfortable, actually. It's a crazy world out there. Oh, then we had the greatest segment of all time. A moment of bliss. Yeah. 
Alexa's on screen with this uh, green screen behind her and this somber music. It's like a PSA about warning people about bullies and how you should speak up against them and their actions. And talks about one day she was out with her ex-best friend, Nia Jax, when a homeless woman approached them. And Alexa felt so bad for her, she gave her the rest of her burrito bowl. (laughs) But then Nia stole it and ate it all in front of this homeless woman. And Nia was laughing and chewing, which I love the fact that she included chewing. Because I hate chewing. It's the worst trait imaginable when you're speaking to someone or listening to someone and they're chewing. Oh my God. Wow. I couldn't stand this. And I love that Alexa inserted this, this, oh, just detestable. Right, calm down, calm down. Trait that people have. Oh, no, I want you to listen to me, but I'm fucking eating a goddamn sandwich. I will make sure to order a soup next time I okay. eat with you. Well, no, no, no. I don't mind it in, in person, but it's when I'm, uh, when it's the sound, the sound that's just, um, I can't do. So do you, do you ever listen to yourself chew? I don't chew when I'm anything I would listen to. I'm not eating here, am I? Yeah, but when you're eating, you're listening to yourself at di- at dinner. I'm not saying chewing in and of itself is something. The sound of chewing you hate, I understand. But how do you avoid the sound of chewing when you're chewing? I, I don't pay attention to it, but now my 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 neurotic self is going to now you hear me. So ear- you've just ruined eating for you me. You should wear earplugs when you eat. I could, I could. There's a lot of times I wish Although I, had I still think you could hear yourself chew. Probably. Even with Probably enhance the, the jaw movement. Yeah. Could. She says and admits that she did nothing when this happened with this homeless woman. And she asks Naya's partners to not be silent accomplices. They could start tonight and she will finish it at Backlash next Sunday. This has been your moment of bliss. This was awesome. This was great. This is so great. Yeah. She is just fantastic. At this, like, uh, sarcastic type of thing. You know, when she won the women's championship for the first time, she cut that the same type of, oh, you think she's a baby face, but no, she's, like, got this terrible, like, she's a horrible person. Um, these remind me of, like, the RNN updates with, with Orton yeah. when he hurt his arm. I think she's going to get so over with these. I think the crowd will turn. These could be recurring bits. Like, you oh, watched yeah. it, and I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of, like, just central to the Naya storyline. But, I mean, this is a segment that could just be Alexa addressing whatever babyface she's feuding with. Do it sporadically. I think she'll do a few of these in this run against Nia. Well, Backlash is... She has one more week till Backlash. I think like they could continue that feud. Well, this is a great segment. Um, yeah, Alexa was tremendous. Here. I almost like her too much from this. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor took on Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Axel and Dallas still coming out to the Miz's theme. Uh, Rollins got the hot tag, suicide dive, blockbuster, and then he's stomping the foot like Shawn Michaels as the crowd was chanting, burn it down. And perfect plex was blocked. Rollins stomped Axel, tagged Balor, coup de gras, and he pinned Axel while Rollins took out Dallas on the floor. 456. Yeah. And they've uh, got the ladder match on Friday. Yep. They're buddies heading into the match. And Axel and Dallas, we'll see. They had some amusing moments on this show, but I don't know. They are They're still in search of a leader. Um, I, I wonder what the end goal is of that. Better. They, we were asking if um, where they would, would they be right at the bottom or slightly above Brizongo, who did not make it onto the show this They're week. Above so. Brizongo, They're yes. above Brizongo. They're above Brizongo. They're at least on TV. 
Then we had a segment where Natalia was with Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Uh, Ember Moon, way too dramatic with her delivery for such a throwaway backstage pep, pep rally. Natalia's rallying them all on. Nia says that mocking her is bad for your health. And then everyone leaves except for Sasha and Bailey, who just stare at one another. Sasha apologizes for jump-starting this feud with the locker room attack. It was poorly paced, and now no one cares about our feud. Bailey said, that's true, but I'm also really being bad in terms of this tweener role. I should have gone over for the battle royal because it meant jack shit for Naomi. Sasha said, I know, but you know what? They gave up on us long before that battle royal because we should have had a singles match, but 14 other fucking matches got time over us. So you know what? Fuck this feud. We didn't get drafted. And she said, you know what, Sasha? You're not that bad. And they walked off. <laughs> wow. I missed all that. Yeah. It was all in the body language. <laughs> uh, Nata- Natalia is kind of playing the role of like locker room leader here for the baby faces. And she's doing it all, but still kind of retaining like a very smug... Uh, I forgot about her babyface turn until this promo ended. Well, I mean, it felt incredibly insincere, and I feel like that's, uh, you know, intentional. Uh, it's almost like... I wish they just did a turn. Like, I know it's a fake turn, yeah. but I wish they did something that just endeared Natalia to the audience that at least, instead of just showing up, and it's like, wave the wand, she's a babyface. Sure. And it's... Like, we've just watched her be a pretty good heel on SmackDown for the better part of the last year. Mm-hmm. And... Now she's in this other role, but more than a year. I mean, all the stuff with Nikki Bella last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that that's my qualm. And it's for a major program with Ronda that I think, just go that extra mile. Like, you know, someone's being bullied and Natalia comes to someone's rescue. See, and- but if you're Natalia, you're still a heel. You were just trying to... You know, trick uh, trick the 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 women's babyface locker room into thinking you're 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 a, a babyface. So would you go out and help that that bullied child? I'd like to try and convince the audience. I think everyone sees what this is. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think Natalia's kind of like treading that line pretty well, uh, doing a good job, I guess, playing a tweener. So it was Nia Jax, Natalia, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, and Bailey taking on Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and the Riot Squad. They brought up Logan's hunting in the backwoods of Kentucky. And Booker noted, if you pull a fish out of a hole, you've got to be tough. Agreed. Uh, I guess so. Agreed. And no, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I've never done it. Booker discusses meeting with Ember Moon's mom and dad before training her and how hard she worked. I thought Booker added a lot here in terms of having that background with Ember Moon, which you want to talk about someone that's been lost in the last two weeks? Ember Moon would be near there for me. I mean, there's just been so many call-ups and new faces. Mm. On Raw, though, she's the lone The Riot Squad. I'm talking about trades as well. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I I think her run is is yet to come. I think with a lot of these acts, we do have to give it some time. You're not going to get everybody up and running instantly. There does need to be some patience. Yeah. Uh, Moon hit this crazy low pay under the bottom rope, or under the middle rope, uh, to Sarah Morgan on the floor. To, to live Morgan on the floor, Sarah Logan, then then dragged her I, away. I mix those two all the time. I just realized, I mean, their names rhyme. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's very confusing. Uh, 
Logan then dragged Morgan away from Ember Moon for safety. They came back. Logan's in control of Sasha. Mickey tagged herself in. Natalia eventually came in, applied the sharpshooter to Mickey. Logan broke it up by chop blocking the knee. This sent Natalia to the floor and she was crying. Her knee was in so much pain. Uh, the trainers come down to check on her. Naya gets the tag. Military press to Ruby. And then a leg drop. Everyone makes the save. They brawl to the floor. Naya came off the apron, taking out everybody. Natalia is still being checked on, and Mickey hits her with a baseball slide dropkick, stomps the knee, and then Ronda Rousey's music plays. Place goes nuts. She storms down, checks on Natalia, and then Ronda tries to pull her up by the arm, and she was clearly just waiting to get nailed from behind. Um, and Mickey did with this baseball slide dropkick. Place was buzzing as Ronda stared a hole through her and threw Mickey with this judo throw, applied the armbar as the DQ is called at 15.05, and then she goes back to check on Natalia and walks her to the back as Michael Cole hits us over the head about the special start time on Friday. Uh, that will not feature any of these performers. Yeah. Yeah, the match got DQ'd with Ronda, but I don't even care. I just, like, I think they managed to still treat Ronda, even though she's on TV every single week, she still feels special anytime she appears, at least for for now. Uh, ask me again maybe in eight months. But I thought Ronda came out here, uh, felt like a star, awesome, uh, Osoto Gari, and now she's, like, doing, like, a... a an armbar that's not even really an armbar. She, like, she crooks the arm, so it's almost like more of a shoulder lock now. It just looks devastating, and, and it's awesome. So, uh, she won't be <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, but uh, I expect. Do you expect her to have a match at Backlash? Um, oh man, too soon. I I just there's don't. No, like... There's no Natalia match to yeah. be had. Yes, I don't like the idea of Ronda wrestling on six days' notice like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that they the Mondays is like the earliest they would would probably announce I mean they could announce it on the website. I just want it to be a big deal. Yeah. And what are you getting? A tag match? She has to have some involvement on the show, I though, I believe. Like Perhaps some, some type of storyline build, whether it's just her coming out. And I, I agree. Maybe an angle. Yeah, I agree. I think she her her role on TV should just be to, to be involved in the angles, continue to build the storyline with Natalia and for your big show come in and have a have a big match. She's also been announced for four dates on the European tour and one of the the Paris show um, she's being advertised for a singles match with Mickey James. Okay. So she'll be wrestling at least four times on the European tour. Well, that's cool. Yeah. The women here being in the main event, I wonder if that had something to do with, you know, the, 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 the rumble thing. Um, I, I think having Ronda on the show, uh, this was a good way to end the show. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I thought this was a good edition of raw, like, and who would have thought, you know, a non draft edition, non maybe post WrestleMania edition, of Raw would, would carry my interest this well, but I, I thought it did. Yeah, I thought that the the show was pretty well-paced, tremendous tag match, and yeah, you had... I think this was a show as well that I... I, I went in with zero expectation yeah, of as well, yep. uh, coming off of the draft last week. Uh, nothing was announced ahead of time, and um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, well, pretty... let's see what the board thought. Yeah, let, let us see. Uh, they can always be rough on these particular episodes of Raw. So let us pull up our poll for tonight and see what people thought. On a scale of 1 to 10, you, the forum, gave this a 5.08, passing by the skin of your teeth. Ooh, so ouch. Let us start with Sean. 
Other than the Bruno San Martino tributes, there was nothing much about this week's episode of Raw that really stuck with me. In fact, I forgot most of what happened this week by the end of the show. P.S. Is it wrong for me to want Booker T to replace Coach full-time? Well, no. no. Way has already just replaced him in his mind. Maybe Booker T could do a second audio experience. I, I would At this point, I would just say give Percy the role, man. Just He's already there on SmackDown. Just call him up permanently. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think if he'd be better than Booker. I think I, I'm willing to try. We got a Brandon from Oshawa. I wish sometimes that I didn't love wrestling as much as I do. I wish that I could just say, that's it. I'm done making the WWE and their shows a must watch in my week. I can't do it though, so I endure the torture that is episodes like this. With the exception of the Ronda angle, everything else was meaningless. Random guys with a shakeup or NXT call-ups facing each other and nothing matches. Everyone feels like they are all on the same level. No one feels special. I, I mean, I feel like every... All the matches at least had some type of motivation behind them, whether it was the introduction of like a new storyline or, or a reintroduction of somebody else. I thought it was you know? a good week for Owens and Zayn. I thought it was a good week for Bobby Lashley. Gable? Uh, Gable got something more than I thought. Yeah. I thought it was not very promising for Baron Corbin. Um, well, I, I think I, Baron I, and Jinder, I, I think you're just... At the very least, there's, there were still starts to new storylines. Yeah, like this was not the greatest show in the world, but I... I found it a fairly easy show to watch. I thought they were just establishing building blocks for like all of their shows or building up to the greatest Royal Rumble or building up to Backlash. Like they had a lot on their plate to do. You know what's going to be funny is that there will be no one after this show that, oh, they're being so positive. Never. Why, why is it always, it's it, when we don't like a show, oh, you guys are so negative. Of course. But never. then, but then when we like a show, it's the uh, crickets. Yeah. But are we being negative about their reactions to us? Does that cancel it out? When they are positive about us, do we make us think about that? You know what? Let's all just hold hands and no, just that's hug. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Brandon, Oshawa. I wish sometimes... Oh, no, you read that one. Uh, we go to Evil um, mm. from New Japan Pro Wrestling. By the way, did you want to talk about the road to um, Dontaku? I haven't seen it, oh, okay. to be honest. Yeah, I haven't we'll... seen it yet. Um, yeah, they were doing tomorrow, actually, by the time people have heard this, Tuesday morning, they're doing the Today. Jay White, David Finley match. Like in a few hours. From yeah, now. yeah. So that's coming up. Yeah, in late. It's really late, actually. So yeah, yeah it's coming up very soon. Way will probably watch it. Uh, Evil, really awkward Raw with some heavy eyebrow-raising spots. I was okay with Bobby losing to Elias because he's a really boring face and at least this can maybe lead to a heel turn. Baron Corbin is the same guy with subpar promos. The Ascension are still jobbers, which sucks because I was hoping they would get a real chance. Are people really clinging to the Ascension, really having a... I really don't... I mean, I, I can't see anybody. Like, I was seeing the combination of them with Bray and, and Matt, and I thought... You know what? These guys make, make great, you know, uh, additions to the stable that Bray and Matt are crafting. But I feel like at this point, like, they would only drag Bray and Matt down. You know who I think really got hit bad, at least this week, uh, as a result of that draft? The Revival. Oh. I Not even. Didn't even look at all these teams they've introduced. And the Revival are out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big WTF moment was how this women's match was laid out, especially the ending. I thought it was really clunky, and this confusing Bailey sasha teasing is still happening with them tagging on the same team. We have this build to the Naya splashing everyone's spot, but everyone doesn't matter because the main focus is on Ronda and Natty's friendship. I thought it was just a very abrupt and unsatisfying end to Raw. Okay, fair. 
We got a Daniel from Toronto who says, This is the first Raw I've watched live in a very long time. I stopped watching live after the show went three hours. This is because three hours is way too fucking long for any weekly TV show. It is too long with too many performers. Um, this is a shame because the roster is incredible, yet aside from Ronda Rousey, everybody else just felt like another wrestler on the roster tonight. Uh, was the women's main event tonight a way to distract or apologize for no women being allowed to perform at the Rumble? Per- uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think they'd even be conscious of conscious. You don't think so? Mm, I think I, it's I not. Think it would be. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They've shown zero public problem with what well, they're... I'm sure they're aware of the criticism. I mean, is a main event on Raw mitigating... Of course not. ...the backlash they're going to receive this week? Uh, of, co- uh, of course not. I think Ronda Rousey's your main performer on the show, so I think it was more just they want to go off the show with, with Ronda. Yep. I, I think that, that played in more than anything. I, I don't think they were con- conscientiously doing anything to... Hey, he also asks uh, Daniel from Toronto, speaking of which, is it really that the greatest Royal, Ru- Royal Rumble winner, if the winner doesn't even win anything? That's not true trophy i have stated if the winner follows us on twitter after we are going to send them (laughs) a limited edition post wrestling enamel pin wow so for whoever wins this greatest royal rumble you listeners out there you let them know all they have to do is dm us and we will send them a post wrestling enamel pin i might even sign it maybe i'll even throw in some stickers you might get a sticker, okay? Yeah. So don't say this week that the greatest Royal Rumble winner is not getting anything. So, because we have laid down the gauntlet here for what the greatest Royal Rumble winner can have. So Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho. I'll Kurt, give them the pen. Kurt Angle. I will, I will hand deliver it to them yeah. if they want. If you're listening, yes. All right. Omri from Israel. An average episode of Raw, which means predictable booking and attacks, a bunch of formulaic promos, and two good ones by Drew McIntyre and Alexa Bliss. Commentary didn't suck, which was a refreshing change, but that's about it. The Roman brought program can't be any colder, as it was completely forgotten by the end of the show. I will say that. That did not feel... Like, this Brock appearance was very much... I don't know. I feel like a lot of them have been. Like, all the way, even during Mania, I haven't really been completely crazy. But the reactions were big for both men, though. Question, if the regular Royal Rumble winner gets to face the champion of his choosing at WrestleMania, I, s- I swear it's the same question. Yeah, he's just asking, like, what are at, what's at stake? And, and we should talk about that. Nothing. The, Beyond the, fact the that they've, they've announced nothing for this. How is, how is this? Shouldn't the winner at least get a title shot? I think they're selling it off the fact that it's, it's, it's 50 men. It's just it's yeah. the whole show. You're just tuning in. I think... What's I think there's much less of a hook for people. Like it's not like you're trying to sell the show. It's just it's a network special. I know, but what's the harm in in, in granting the winner a title shot at Backlash or a title shot at the next pay per view after Backlash? I I would do that. I would I would definitely have something. Um, you have shows to fill, and you have a pay per view to fill the following weekend. It wouldn't hurt to have done something here. We got a Chris from Melbourne, Australia. It was nice to see them start the show by honoring Bruno with a 10-bell salute and video package. Then the rest of the show was average at best. With the greatest Royal Rumble this Saturday starting at 2 a.m. Oh, poor uh, Australia. I know how the UK fans feel watching pay-per-views. While I don't know if I'll be watching it, I'll just have a few quick questions. With Saudi Arabia's strict law regarding women, would WWE have to cut... All the women's matches, promos, etc. From their, there are no women's matches, yeah, dude. That's, that's not going to be hard to eliminate. <laughs> yeah. What is not there? Oh, he means um, like on their broadcasts. 
their typical broadcast, like if Raw were to were to air on, in Saudi Arabia, do they have to cut women's matches? I don't know the answer. Hmm, that is interesting. Um, B, is the deal between WWE and the Saudi Arabia government a multi-year deal to hold the Greatest Royal Rumble annually or just the an event annually? Uh, I think the they can... I don't think they're tied to one specific format of show, but it's a 10-year deal. Mm. So it's they're, they're going to be go- show a year or something. Uh, more? It may, might be more. Like they are heavily invested in in Saudi Arabia. They just finished up tryouts where they announced eight winners. So at mm. least one of them is going to be in the Royal Rumble, uh, if not more. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. fifty bodies. You got to fill fifty yeah. slots. Which? How long do you think that match is going to be? Oh, it'll definitely be over an hour. I don't uh, think you can do any less than one minute intervals. And I've watched enough of those awful TNA yeah. gauntlets where it's every minute someone's in and it's just your, it's so, I hate it. Like it's just before someone even gets in, the clock's back up there. Will but for be, this, it's like, man. Will it go an hour 30? I'll say yes. I think it'll go 90 minutes. Mm. Yeah. I can see it topping around 90 minutes. This is slotted, by the way, folks, for a five hour window on the network. Do we see. An Iron Man performance that lasts the duration or close to the duration of the entire thing. Yeah, maybe Seth will go coast to coast. Or Brian. <laughs> Man, I hope for their suck. sake they aren't putting someone in that Or spot. Shane. <laughs> Why not? God. He's yeah. in this match. Yeah, yeah. Diverticulitis. <laughs> He's getting on a flight to Saudi Arabia. Do you realize how crazy this schedule is? You have the Raw crew that just finished in South Africa this past weekend. Yeah, they yeah. came home to St. Louis for Raw. They go back to Saudi Arabia. They come back for, for Raw next week in Montreal. And then the European tour is starting off in like two weeks. That's crazy. It's a, This quarter, by the way, is going to be gigantic. When you include... Mm. The, the tours I just mentioned, mm-hmm. plus this year, with the way the dates fall, this is the WrestleMania quarter, wow. happens in quarter two. This is going to be an enormous quarter for, for live event revenue, revenue across the board. Like, this is going to be a big one for them. So if you're a stockholder, hold on to that stock. It's pretty high at the moment, and yeah. it's probably going to well, still... We're not, we're not even close to getting that announcement yet of the TV deal. They've said they want to announce it between May and September, so that's a big window of when they interesting, interesting. Uh, are hoping to announce it. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Hey, one final question. Uh, are you surprised at all they made no mention of... Uh, it was John Cena's birthday on Monday, which they did make mention of. Are you surprised at all they didn't uh, call attention to no, it? No, not at all. Because they are going to focus heavily on that. This is not like some story they're going to distance themselves from. They're going to make that yeah. the focal part of the next season. Yes, yes. I well, just thought with all the coverage that they would... I mean, how do they fit that into the storyline without seeming petty? Hey, by the way, guys, John Cena celebrated a 41st, best, 40, 41st birthday, and he broke up with his fiance Nikki Bella. There's Brief. no right way to like say that. If, 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 if Total Divas or Bellas happens to have a promo promoting it then i think you could mention it with guys, reason. that's kind of insensitive now um Vern troyer just passed away <laughs> um we're already doing a tribute on this show for someone so short joke very very tasteless yes all right everyone it's been a uh quite the show here so thank you to all of you great we job did- to john and nate on the uh tna redemption or sorry, Impact Wrestling Redemption. Yes, review that's up on the site right now. Yes, the, uh, so that's that shows up on the main site. You can go download that. And coming up this week, uh, we should go over our shows. We should have done this at the beginning. Uh, we did not. Uh, Tuesday, rewind to SmackDown. Wednesday, up next with Braden. I, I actually think they might be Thursdays. 
But what? T- yeah, because yeah. uh, NXT airs on Wednesday. So typically, uh, typically we get uh, uh, Keep It Two Thousand uh, Tuesday. Sorry, Wednesday nights. Subscri- Tell me how our site works. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to everything, everybody. Keep It Two Thousand will be coming up on Wednesday evening. Yeah, that's what I, f- I flipped in my you head. You will get it uh, as soon as uh, if you subscribe. You'll probably get it right at the stroke of midnight Eastern uh, as we roll from Wednesday to Thursday. And then on Thursday afternoon, you will get up next. So just subscribe to both of those shows on their own separate feeds, and you won't miss a thing. So those are the free shows this week, uh, postwrestling.com. And we've got two bonus shows coming up at postwrestlingcafe.com. The first one uh, will be in the wee hours of Friday night, Saturday morning, probably. Uh, special start time at postwrestlingcafe.com. Way and I reviewing the greatest Royal Rumble. And then Sunday, uh, special day for Rewind Away. We're going to be reviewing WWF Backlash 2000, featuring mm-hmm. Triple H versus The Rock, Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit. The return of Stone Cold Steve Austin after getting hit by... The mystery man in the car. Yes. Before we find out uh, who did it for The Rock and who did it for the people, Steve Austin was just simply making an appearance and ended up being the biggest draw on this show. Mm -hmm. And we got a guest ring announcer stint with Deborah. Yes. uh, Benoit versus Jericho. Um, trying to think what other highlights there were from this Dudley's show. against TNA. But listen, like, the roster on this show was incredible. Like, this was, like, soon after the Radicals came in, right yep. after WrestleMania 2000. And this is when the company was really firing on all cylinders. Austin was coming back, like, arguably the strongest the, the company ever was uh, in terms of talent. So uh, this was a great show that, or at least, uh, I'm not going to say it was a great show yet. You, you should wait for our review, but this was a fun show to look back on. Uh, so postwrestlingcafe.com, $6 signs you up, and you're getting... Two bonus shows coming up this weekend, Friday and Sunday. So that's going to wrap it up for us. We will chat with you Tuesday night. Thank you. Now, please remain standing and join Martina Ortiz Luis in the singing of our national anthem.